In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who assures us that we will arrive at our destination. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I don't really like road trips. I don't like them, I think, because uh, whenever we were growing up, whenever I was growing up, that uh, a road trip just meant that uh, I was stuck in a small space for a long time. And uh, for some reason, that never appealed to me. And I know that it appeals to some of you, and I'm, I'm a little bit curious about that because I don't understand it. Because to me, it kind of feels like it's like being in prison, like... Um, uh, what happened with John the Baptist in our gospel reading or, um, or where Paul is writing from in Philippians? It, it just feels like you're, you're kind of stuck in, in, in this, this cell. And I, I remember that um, uh, someplace I was driving, I, th- I think it was around Orlando, um, uh, one of the billboards uh, uh, that um, I, I went by was from a Harley Davidson dealer and the Harley Davidson dealer billboard said, Hey, you in the cage. And, and, and I resonated with that. I, I almost pulled over and bought a Harley Davidson, except they're really expensive. And so I didn't, but, but there is kind of this, this sense of, uh, you know, what it is like to be on a journey. And, and some of us enjoy the journey and some of us don't. And, and I'm one of those people who, well, I just don't enjoy the journey most of the time. Uh, normally, what I'm thinking about is when we arrive at whatever place we're going to be. But I know that there are other people in this world that, well, they just really like the journey. And, and I think I would like the journey, too, if I felt like I was able to stop any place that I wanted to. But usually when I'm on a journey, it's, they, there's a, a time clock involved. And, and I know that I have to leave this place at this time in order to show up at this other place in time to make it. And if I stop somewhere in between, I have to make sure that I have adjusted my time in order to make sure that I am going to end up in the right place. And so sometimes I even cheat a little bit and I stop someplace that I want to stop at, which means that then I have to engage what I lovingly refer to as pastor foot. (laughs) And go as fast as being justified by faith alone will allow. And, and so there, there's kind of this sense of, of what it is to, to be on a journey. And, and part of the reason that I, another reason that I don't like uh, being on a journey is that usually I'm driving. And, and when I'm driving, I can't do a whole lot of other stuff. I have found other things that I can do. I, I can listen to music. I can listen to podcasts. I have an Audible account. I can listen to stuff on Audible. And so because of that, kind of conversely, I, I usually don't like driving with people uh, because they get in the way of my nerdiness, but, but I found that, that I can do those things, but I can't do other stuff. I can't take a nap while I'm driving. That tends to be a bad idea. Um, I, I can't do a whole lot of other stuff while I'm driving. And, and thankfully, the nice people at Google appear to be working on this problem for me. 
the nice people at Google are designing, and they actually have a website and then a video of, of their prototype car that drives itself. This is a thing of beauty. You get inside of it. There is no steering wheel any place in the car. And uh, what it has on top of it looks like kind of a, a dark uh, police light that goes round and round and round and is, is basically the sensor that is looking for all sorts of different things. It's, uh, uh, it, it is looking at uh, things that might block your way. It's looking for specific colors like those orange cones to let you know when to, to get aside from things. And it looks like a fantastic invention because it would enable me to do whatever I wanted and still show up wherever I wanted on time. Well, all of this stuff about journeys might kind of make you wonder, how does this fit in with these readings that we have? And specifically, I'm going to be talking about what the Apostle Paul is talking about in the book of Philippians, his letter that he is writing to these people in the city of Philippi. And where he is writing this book from is from jail. And this jail is, is probably actually just kind of a pit stop on his way to Rome. And so he's been traveling, and now he's stuck. And as he's stuck, he figures, well, I've got nothing better to do. I will write a letter to these nice people in Philippi. And as he's writing these nice people in Philippi, we jump in into the beginning of his letter. And here at the beginning of his letter, he says, I Thank God in all of my remembrance for you that you are partners with me in the gospel. And it's kind of an interesting picture that he paints there with saying that you all are partners along with me in this journey that we're taking together. That even though he is stuck in a prison cell by himself, he does not feel that he is alone, but rather he feels that he is together with the people there. And then he goes on and he, he even says that uh, he is certain that what is happening in his life and in their lives is that God has begun a good work in them that will be completed on the day of Jesus Christ. And that is kind of specifically where we're at, too. We're in this kind of in-between place where we are still journeying ourselves until everything is completed in the day of Jesus Christ. I, I know that many of you are, are from Tallahassee here, and I don't know if you've had an opportunity to drive by um, our beloved stadium, Dope Campbell. But one of the things that if you do drive by there this weekend, what you'll see is you'll see a bunch of big cranes up. And maybe you'll, you'll kind of wonder, well, what are they doing there? And I kind of have that same wonder myself. Uh, but one of the things that they haven't quite gotten to do yet is that they haven't started laying the brick for what's happening on, on the outside of the stadium there. They're building something new, and what they're going to have to do at the end of that in order to make it still look like Doak Campbell is they're going to have to start laying some brick. And as they start laying some brick, as that thing starts going up, or whenever you see bricks, I want you to think of this 
part of Philippians. Because this part of Philippians has a lot to do with building a brick wall. Or vice versa. You see, what's happening is that God has a plan for all of us in this room, for all of us in his church, for all of the people in the world. He, he has this all planned out. And as he has this plan, he has this plan for a grand design, this grand building that will be his kingdom, the kingdom of God. And yet, we're still watching that kingdom being made. And as we're watching that kingdom being made, especially St. Peter talks about us as being living stones, as being living bricks that are being put in to that building. And the way that it goes is this, that we live our lives this kind of minuscule amount of time that we have. And then we're, well, finally placed into the wall. Because, you see, we're, we're not really done with our baptized lives until, well, we're done with our baptized lives. That what God is doing with us is, is we're still a, a work in progress. That we are still being formed and shaped. And that's what the forgiveness of sins is all about. And that's when he's encouraging us and exhorting us to do all sorts of different things. That what he's doing is he's forming us and he's shaping us in order that we might fit perfectly into that wall. And there seems to be a, a lot of sort of anxiety that comes up with that. At least for me. There's this anxiety of, am I going to be a good enough brick? And I think at times we can make this sort of all about us and our individual brickness. But the thing is that bricks, generally speaking, kind of look uniform from a distance. And so what God is doing with us is he's saying, yes, you are this individual brick, but you are an individual brick that is being placed in something that is so much greater than just yourself. You are a part of my kingdom. You are a part of this gospel thing. That's why Paul thanks the Philippians for their partnership in the gospel. It's that it's a we thing. I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, we just started confessing the Nicene Creed instead of the Apostles' Creed here in Advent. And uh, part of the reason that we do that is that we're moving into this thing called the festival half of the year. And, and the difference, one of the big differences between the Nicene Creed and the Apostles' Creed is the way that the Nicene Creed begins. The Nicene Creed begins with a different pronoun. The Apostles' Creed, if you look back at the Apostles' Creed, it begins with the singular first-person pronoun, I. I believe. But the Nicene Creed begins with still the first person, but now it's the first person, plural. 
that what we're doing when we confess this thing is that we are confessing that we all together believe this stuff. That we are all together partners in this gospel. That God has not just set us aside to be alone and by ourselves, but that God has set us to be living in a community of people. Which, thank goodness, because it seems more and more and more, we are getting really, really dumb about how to be in community. We need God to step into our lives and to say, this is how you are in community. It is through this massive building up of my body. And so God comes to us and he takes us as his brick. And he places us where we're supposed to be. I mean, isn't that amazingly simple? Isn't that amazingly freeingly simple I think so often we we try to make this just about like oh what do I choose you know do I choose to have a relationship with this person do I choose this do I choose that and God says look around God says to you right now today look around These are your fellow bricks. I mean, why else would he have you here? Why would he send his Holy Spirit to be set in your life so that you would end up in a weird place like 925 West Jefferson Street this morning with all of our weird problems with parking and still end up in this building? It's because for some reason, God has said, this is where I'm setting you. And maybe that won't go for your entire life. And uh, we definitely notice that some people, well, you have to move and you have to move out of Tallahassee. And we mourn that. But for right now, where you're at is meaningful. The fact that you're here is meaningful. The fact that we're all forgiven in the same moment in time. And the fact that we all take the Lord's body and blood into our mouths at the same time. The fact that we're all remembering our baptisms at the same time is meaningful. And it means that God is forming and shaping us so that we are partners in the gospel together that he has set us on a journey that is not by ourselves because honestly as much as I enjoy listening to my nerdy stuff on the way down to Orlando where I seem to go all of the time I would so much rather have a really good friend there with me. And that's what God has given to you and the other people that are around you. Is this person 
whom he has set by the forgiveness of their sins, by the forgiveness of your sins, as your partner in the gospel. And all he's asking is for you to notice, and like Paul, give thanks. Amen.